Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of Intermediate English with me, Benjamin. This is a podcast for people learning English, but who want to learn about a particular topic at the same time. Today we have a special episode focusing on the coronavirus pandemic, also known as COVID-19. We're going to be talking about the nature of the virus, how it has affected our lives, and what we can do about it. Later in the episode, we'll hear from Dr. Henry Lawrenson Schaefer, who is working with the World Health Organization in its coronavirus response team. Wherever you are in the world, whether your country has been hit by the coronavirus or not at all, it's certain that you are aware of the way that this disease is changing our lives. The coronavirus is one of the most significant pandemics, if not the most significant, in the past century, the past hundred years. Here in the UK, we've been in lockdown for around three months now, and this means that people are required to stay at home and that only essential shops are open, so supermarkets and pharmacies, effectively. We're just beginning the process now of easing the restrictions, in other words, starting to return to normal life, but Still, 40,000 people have died from this disease. Um, The hospitals have been really significantly challenged by it. And it's unclear when the lockdown is going to completely end. If your country has been affected, well, there's probably plenty of information regarding the precautions and the guidelines Uh, that your country would recommend. In other words, how you should modify your behaviour in order to try to limit the spread of the virus and to protect yourself, your friends and your family as well. So we're not going to focus on that, but instead today we're going to look at the virus as a scientific phenomenon, to look at it in the way that a scientist would look at the virus to find out how the virus has spread and what the global response has been so far. To find out more about this, we interviewed Dr. Henry Lawrenson Schaefer, who works with the World Health Organization in its coronavirus response team. Henry and I have known each other for 10 years. We went to school together and we've stayed in touch ever since. First, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about the World Health Organization. The WHO is based in Geneva, but it has regional offices around the world. It's part of the United Nations. It's the part that specializes in public health. At the moment, the WHO is playing a really important role 
in monitoring the spread of the coronavirus and in coordinating efforts to reduce its impact and ultimately eradicate the virus, to wipe out the virus, to get rid of it. Henry used to work on the influenza team studying the flu, but in early 2020, he was transferred to the coronavirus response team. We're really lucky to be able to speak to him and to hear his personal perspectives on the state of the pandemic. By the way, if you want to see the full interview, you can find it on YouTube or in the episode description. Remember that interviews contain natural speech, so it's not going to be as clear or as ordered as prepared speech. But the important thing is to try to get a general idea of what's being said and to use the interview to pick up some new vocabulary and phrases. Hopefully this interview will give you some of the vocabulary to be able to talk about the coronavirus yourself in English. So here's the interview with Dr. Henry Lawrence and Schaefer. Twenty twenty is the year that coronavirus, also known as COVID nineteen, became a pandemic. So it became a virus that was spread globally. Um, could you tell us a little bit about coronavirus? Do we know how it started, for example? That's a good question. So the exact origins of of this new coronavirus. Um, which um, the name of the virus is actually uh, SARS-CoV-2. Um, there's a distinction that we have between the name of the virus and the name of the disease. So in this case, the disease is COVID-19, which you get when you're infected with SARS-CoV-2. Okay. Uh, in terms of the origin of the virus, it's still, um, there are many things that are known, obviously, uh, but there are also many unknowns. But what tends to, um, to happen with viruses like this, like a completely new virus for humans, humans haven't encountered it before uh, late 2019, at least we, we think, or it hasn't spread widely among humans since then, we'd imagine, mm-hmm. um, is that they uh, are a virus that is uh, normally infecting animals. So some specific animal has this virus normally circulating in its population. And then in some rare event, it's able to jump hosts and infect the human. And in other and more rare events, that virus is able to, uh, it's able to live in humans and infect them and actually spread from that human to another human and so on and so forth, Mm -hmm. which is what happened with this new virus. And we know that this virus likely came from what we would call a wet market in Wuhan, China, um, from some contaminated source, the origin of which is is currently unknown. Okay. Uh, although there have been efforts to uh, to use uh, to look at the the genetic sequence of the virus 
and compare it to uh, viruses that are circulating in, in local wildlife, let's say, to try and pinpoint the animal that it might have spilled over from. But the results of that presumably haven't come in yet. The results are inconclusive. I would say as of yet, they're inconclusive. It seems likely that its animal reservoir is, is a bat at this point. Uh, however, it also seems likely that it wasn't directly spread from bats to humans and that there was uh, actually probably an intermediate animal that was infected in this case. Mm-hmm. Although this is, again, uh, not known for certain at this point. Okay. Um, could you tell us how coronavirus is different from diseases that we're more familiar with, like the flu or common cold? That's a good question as well. So from the perspective of a virologist, these are all viruses that live in different families. So the the influenza viruses are all... Uh, they're all a family that you can link them very easily through evolution. Uh, what's interesting about your question actually is there are other kinds of coronaviruses that circulate in humans uh, all the time and uh, they can cause the common cold. Uh, however, humans had never previously or likely hadn't previously been exposed to this specific species of coronavirus or species isn't the right word, I don't think, but uh, this type of coronavirus. Right. So coronavirus is actually a really big family of diseases. And the one that we're dealing with now is just one example of that. That's right. There are uh, seven known coronaviruses that infect humans. And four of them are normally um, circulating. There's this new one, so that makes five. And then there's also um, two coronaviruses that uh, don't regularly infect humans, but have been known to cause outbreaks. And those are SARS, uh, which had a big outbreak um, about 15 years ago or a little more. And then there's a a virus called MERS uh, or MERS coronavirus, which uh, has sort of regular small outbreaks. So most people have some idea of what coronavirus is like if you get it. But if someone didn't know what the disease is like, could you give some idea of what that might be? The most common symptoms when you're infected with coronavirus are a dry cough, a fever, and people often feel quite tired as well. And uh, interestingly, one of the symptoms that was reported later uh, in the outbreak was a symptom where people often lost their sense of taste and smell. Okay. And is it the case that coronavirus affects certain people more than others? Certainly in terms of uh, severe outcomes to the virus, yes. Um, What we've seen so far is that uh, children, especially young children, don't seem to be uh, very affected at all by coronavirus, except in some rare cases. Mm -hmm. And on the flip side, the elderly seem to be uh, affected much more severely by this virus than than younger people. Sorry, I can also add to that, that there are 
a number of medical conditions that seem to be uh, associated with worse outcomes to infection with coronavirus as well, mm -hmm. uh, in addition to, to age. Again, there is a, a very like long, there's a very long and exhaustive list and I don't, uh, I don't have them to hand, so I don't want to get anything wrong, but sure. um, some of the more common ones uh, would include obesity, uh, cardiovascular disease, so heart disease. Is there a simple way to explain how a virus actually operates and how it spreads from person to person? Uh, simple, I can try. Uh, so a virus um, is sort of like a little, uh, it's like a little machine there, uh, very small uh, particles, and they uh, infect humans, uh, usually in specific areas of the body or specific tissues. Uh, and then the way that a virus works is it needs to exist inside of a human to make more copies of itself, to replicate. So for a virus like, uh, like uh, SARS-CoV-2, which is causing COVID-19, this virus uh, would rec replicate among other tissues in the lung. And so this virus would infect your lung cells and then within cells in your lung, it will sort of hijack or steal the cells uh, normal machinery and use it to create more copies of itself. And then eventually that cell will die and release uh, many copies of that virus. How does coronavirus compare to previous public health crises? That's a good question. Uh, it's kind of difficult to find uh, very good comparisons to this one, in my view. One of the most obvious comparisons to this, uh, to the coronavirus outbreak, is the SARS outbreak. Um, and this again was a case of a of a coronavirus that uh, had quite a large outbreak and spread to multiple countries. Although in this case, uh, in the SARS outbreak, the virus was curtailed uh, before it could spread fully globally. So it was stopped from spreading? It was, yeah. And uh, that's why we don't really see any SARS today. Yeah. Um, however, this is not the case for COVID-19. So this has now become a global event. Um, and so perhaps one of the best, uh, but not perfect comparisons to this disease or to this uh, pandemic would be uh, previous pandemics of flu. Um, and so there have been a few of these in the past 100 years, um, the most recent of which would have been the 2009 swine flu outbreak the, uh, this again was a disease that spread globally. Uh, however, um, the, the mortality rate or the, the chance of, uh, of death when getting infected with, um, with swine flu 
score with uh, H1N1, as we call it, is uh, was much lower than uh, that than we expect from from COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps a better comparison would be the uh, so-called split Spanish flu from uh, nineteen eighteen, which was another influenza pandemic, but this time with a much higher mortality rate. Than, uh, than other strains of flu that we see circulating. And so this, uh, this event truly did have a, a massive global impact and um, is actually estimated to have killed more people than died in the First World War. It's however important to note that the world of 1918 is very different to the world of today. And uh, a lot of comparisons about how the disease spreads aren't, uh, especially in the a global context aren't really the same. We have uh, huge numbers of planes flying all around the world every day, which just wasn't the case back in those days. And uh, these are really the, the driving force by which the, the virus is spread around the world. So the um, intercommunication between different countries and different people today means that a virus is able to spread a lot more easily than it did in the world of 1918, 1919, where there was less travel and maybe less physical contact? Well, in some ways, yes. But in other ways, uh, in 1918, our understanding of viruses was basically nothing compared to what we know now. Mm. So while uh, we are now much more connected than we were in the world of 1918, we also know a lot more about how to stop the spread of viruses, and we have much better uh, medical care as well. So, uh, so these things all, I wouldn't say they balance out, but uh, they're not comparable in either sense, I would say. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you a couple of questions about the future of the virus. And I understand that this is very speculative and that, in other words, we don't necessarily know everything that there is to know about it and that there's a bit of guesswork involved. But is there a cure for the virus and can we find a cure for the virus? So when we speak of a cure for the virus, we would likely want to be talking about one of two things. The first of which would be a vaccine for the virus and the second of which would be some form of, of medication that we could take to uh, once, you, once you had the virus, or maybe even before you had the virus, which would reduce the effects of the infection. And when it comes to the vaccine, there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of work being done at the moment to, to try to create a vaccine for, for the coronavirus. Uh, however, there are no vaccines as of yet. When it comes to, to medication, there have been some somewhat promising trials, although uh, there's been no, uh, let's say, silver bullet. So nothing which has solved this problem immediately and decisively. We're still waiting for that. Yes, that's exactly right. Thank you so much for speaking to us today, Henry, and for giving us your perspective on the virus and the state of the pandemic right now. Um, And we hope to speak to you again soon, maybe when this is all over and we can talk to you um, about whatever you're working on then. 
Thanks very much, Ben. It's been a pleasure. That's all from us this time at Intermediate English. If you want to hear the full interview from today's episode, you can search for the channel Intermediate English on YouTube, or you can find a link in the episode description. The full interview is a bit longer, and we go into a lot more depth on the nature of the disease as well as talking more about the World Health Organization and the connections between the coronavirus and other diseases and previous pandemics. So I'd really recommend that if you'd like to find out more. I've also put a link to the World Health Organization's coronavirus page in the episode description. If you liked today's podcast, remember to tell your friends about it and review it on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Stay safe, everyone, and see you next week.